You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. Well, welcome to another episode of Good Life, Great Life. And so today we have with us Kalyan Galtham. So Kalyan is the co-founder and CEO of Watt. So welcome to the program, Thanks, Kalyan. Thanks for having me. For sure. Well, we want to know, get to know you a little bit and about what inspired you to be an entrepreneur, to go out there and help businesses and ultimately found uh, this company uh, with, with Watt. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how that all happened. Uh, yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. So uh, I was a management consultant job prior to becoming an entrepreneur. So as a consultant, I believe all that I was doing was travel around the world, present presentations that no one really wanted to see. Uh, it's like clients would be like, we know your brand, uh, we, our boss already paid you, so please let us know what to do, kind of a conversation. Um, but don't get me wrong, I was really loving my consulting job. I, it was early in my career. I had many great opportunities to work with uh, Fortune 100 companies and the leadership teams. It was fast learning. I was learning quite a lot. And also, I lived in six countries. I was learning different cultures, and it was a thing for me. Um, but as I was traveling, I think I was missing something very core in me. I was very, very passionate for social and environmental impact since childhood. I believe I've gotten that from my mom and grandmom. They used to take me as a sidekick in the projects when they were going, and I probably picked up something from uh, their passion. And whenever I go to a different place, a different country, I uh, embrace their local culture, start cont contributing to their job. Um, and then I moved to a different country. Um, and then I start hearing about something from uh, a country, something happening in the country that I previously lived in, but I'm no more able to contribute to those causes. That started pinching me quite a lot. Um, it happened once, it happened twice, it kept repeating one again and again. Uh, so then I uh, connected with my friend. I said, hey, uh, let's build a small tool for just myself and him uh, to express solidarity for the causes that we believe in, no matter where we were located, to tell people like, hey, we're not with you, but we still are a part of the movement that, you're, uh, that you believe in. Uh, here's how you can see how much we believe in and how much we are working for the cause that you believe in. Um, Although it purely started for just two of us, uh, our friends started asking for this tool, then friends of friends, then we realized, oh, there's probably greater interest and similar problems being faced by different people. Uh, then I looked into the market, did the market research and quit my job, 
uh, started uh, this company full time. Um, yeah, and it has transpired into what uh, it's an acronym for Walk the Talk. So you you kind of you can you kind of quit you so you quit your job to start start this company so you didn't like start it while you're still working this is this was like kind of a a cold cut and you you had a project and it, you believed in and and just started it from there is that how that is that how that happened? Uh, yeah, so it was side it was not even a side project it was something from a product built for just two two people because we had the problem and we just even didn't think that a third person would have the same problem. Uh, but we, then I did the market research and with my passion, I just wanted to uh, do it full time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, that the feelings you had there. Cause I know a lot of people right now are thinking about starting a business. Um, they may be working a job or maybe they already quit or were let go and, and doing something. And that can be a scary process from going from a, quote, safe, secure paycheck and to then do something that they're passionate about. So how, what were your, what were your feelings and what, did you have any anxiety about that? Oh, uh, sure. Uh, great question. Okay. Um, I did a lot of mistakes. So. Yeah. <laughs> since, right since the beginning, probably I did more mistakes than uh, the correct things that I did uh, as an entrepreneur. I'm a first time uh, entrepreneur um, and then when I was working on this idea, I was very passionate about it. I didn't think of the business model or anything as a startup. I was like, oh, there's a problem and there is a market for the problem. Uh, I thought I identified um, a, a good thing for the startup and then I wanted to just do it for 10 because consulting job is very tiresome. It takes away almost all the time that we have. So I wasn't able to uh, do a startup on the side of the consulting job. But when I was quitting the job, I did have this at the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. At least I can get another job if the yeah. startup fails. But, uh, I wasn't. I didn't feel it as a big risk, but I want. I was more driven by the passion. Um, so I moved out, and then I started interviewing different people. Uh, connecting with different people on the ground and start to build a product, actual product uh, as um, something that can go live for um, a great number of people. That's when I realized the importance of a sustainable idea and a business model. Then I started thinking of all about the business. Then we did major pivots from then uh, when we started to know what we are. Um, yeah, I would, <laughs> thinking back, if I were to, do redo it probably I would have done uh, like a businessman to do a startup than just purely on uh, passion to uh, driven by uh, social impact. I mean, it's great to have that uh -huh. you, you, uh, to have to be driven by social impact. But when we're doing uh, startup, we need to understand that it's also business. So people have to come with both the mindsets. Yeah, so that's that's one lesson learned. What are some other lessons that you kind of? kind of learn along the way and, and, and this whole experience of starting up what is now a very successful business? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so many things. So uh, one thing, I, I've always been uh, an independent person. I wanted to do things my way and something that's different from everyone kind of a person. Uh, when I started doing the startup, the kind of most entrepreneurs, I believe, whom I have come across are kind of individual people. Individualistic people, they're driven and they think they can do what they're doing, and it's very hard for them to ask help 
of, uh, from others. So what I learned, one of the very initial lessons and very important lessons is to ask for help, uh, go out. Uh, we can't do it alone. It's a huge thing. We're not good at everything. We probably are good at maybe one or two things of a million things that are, uh, that are required for a startup. Then uh, we, what I did is started onboarding advisors, mentors very quickly so that each one can help me with things that weren't possible by myself. And of course, then it start building the team, uh, which can help me in, in parts which I am not able to do it myself. Not like that. Uh, that's definitely one thing uh, I would suggest uh, anyone to do. Uh, then, a found, uh, generally, we look at uh, product market fit, which is a very um, a well spoken thing. But what's a little less spoken is founder market fit. Uh, founder market. Um, founder market fit uh, in the sense when I started, I started it in B2C business, but I had literally no experience in B2C business. I was a consultant, I was totally into B2B market. So, it all uh, as an entrepreneur, when you start uh, business, there are too many variables for us to uh, conquer, and the objective of it for us has to be like make this way, reduce these variables as many as possible. In the sense, if I'm good at B2B, start with the B2B side of it. Uh, don't take up a new challenge because already you're a first-time entrepreneur, probably have never raised money from investors. So that's also a challenge. You probably have never made money from a customer directly by a product that you have made already by yourself. All of these are variables. So keep cutting them down as many as possible. That's something which I learned. So we quickly moved to B2B business, which I was very comfortable with, and then we started doing so sustainable from then on. Uh, then comes, of course, uh, founder investor fit. That's also something that was very hard for me to learn because it's very lucrative when once we get a term sheet from an investor that, oh, this is the term sheet. And then it's very hard to, we work a lot to get investments. And it's very hard to say no to someone when you have the money right in front of you. Yeah. It's a very, very important lesson that I've learned on a long term that would help a lot of farmers. Awesome. All good stuff. Um, so basically simplify, uh, simplify everything because there's so many variables, so many things to think about that uh, you, can, you can get mired in the complexity of everything. And so your advice is really just to... The, the focus on on the most important things there. What um what is there a particular book or anything that you read that just had a, a significant impact on you or or maybe multiple books that uh, you would recommend to any type of business leader, uh, people wanting to become a business leader or maybe want to become a successful entrepreneur? Oh yeah, oh, that's a great question again. So I am generally a self-driven person, so. I keep getting motivated and highly energized most of the time. But then there is often uh, times that comes where I see food inspiration from many other sources and books definitely are one of those sources. For me, the kind of books I read are where real life uh, stories or biographies and uh, real life experience books rather than those which say, hey, here are the five things that you need to do for success. That just mm -hmm. puts me off. It's, I don't say they're bad, but it's just not for me kind of uh, kind. Um, definitely, I would suggest anyone to look for who their idols are 
um, and read about their biographies and uh, seek for lessons from their lives. I can tell uh, like my my idols like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or many others uh, across from business or outside, but it's a very personal choice for many entrepreneurs. Outside of that, one of very, very uh, in, uh, lovely books I've read, and I, I actually read it multiple times, and each time I read, I, I learn new lessons, is The Hard Thing About Hard Things by uh, Anson. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one thing uh, uh, I would suggest you anyone to read. Awesome. Oh, sorry, it's by Ben Horowitz, uh, Hard Thing About yeah, no, I mean, that's an interesting take because a lot of people think, well, I just need to go read a how-to book, you know, by a successful person, but reading about their personal stories and their life, um, you can glean a lot of things from that. And I, I was thinking Steve Jobs, as you're describing, I was thinking Steve Jobs, and that was the first name that you mentioned, and Elon Musk, and so I'm, I'm sure those would be uh, wonderful reads to um, just look into their mind a little bit. What... Um, Tell us a little bit about about what what it is, because it sounds very very intriguing uh, type of idea uh, to me. So explain to our audience exactly what uh, the whole idea behind what. Uh, sure. Um, what is the world's first platform for virtual charity walks and running events? Um, our customers describe us as Fitbit for a cause. So let's say there's a uh, Boston Marathon that you and I want to participate in. The only way we can participate is fly all the way to Boston, right? Because we don't belong to Boston right now. Uh, and even for the organizers to organize such events at multiple locations and occasions takes a lot of capital and human resources. Uh, what we do is we digitize them in a way that people can simply uh, download our applications, select the events that they want to participate in and literally start walking for them from anywhere there on the planet. Our apps count every footstep that they take, create stories of such people walking across the world in the process, help the organizers get larger global outreach and also help them raise funds for these causes that they're working towards. So it's, it's you know, so for example, I mean, Zoom took meetings virtually. You're now taking these charity walks and runs and now creating virtual uh, virtual events that people can can participate in anywhere in the world. Yeah, exactly. But they also physically participate, although they are remotely participating. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great great concept, and I'm sure it, it got a lot of usage during during the pandemic here for the past couple of years, since maybe they couldn't participate in it, in those types of charity events uh, before. So that's an awesome idea, and you obviously have passion for this. Um, it's for great causes, um, and and I think that that helped that helped motivate you in, in creating this business and doing that and putting in the long hours and the late nights and, and to get this up and running. Um, so does your passion drive you for that? I mean, obviously the answer is yes, but, but explain that to people. Uh, sure. I've always been a technology driven person. So I love what is coming in the new technologies that are coming in the world and uh -huh. how they solve problems for the world. And on the other side of me is also an impact-driven person uh, that wanted to do social and environmental good to the world and give, give back to the society that I have gained myself. Um, so for me, what is a perfect uh, place uh, that can combine these two worlds? We have a technology platform that does social and environmental good to the world. There couldn't be a happier kahuna that I could have built for myself than what? 
Awesome. No, I think it's a fantastic story and I think it's something people need to check out. So speaking of that, how can our audience find out more about what or be able to connect with you? Uh, sure. Uh, we are available on uh, our website is wa-tt.com. Um, hopefully we move to a better, better domain. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's one of the struggles of uh, startups not being able to uh, afford uh, <laughs> yeah. better domains. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you can also connect with us uh, directly on the applications we have on both Play Store and App Store. We just have to search for WATT, uh, our application. Um, you can also reach out to me directly on LinkedIn and Kalyan Gautam. So. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, really appreciate your participation today, Kalyan. And so our guest today has been Kalyan Gautam, who's been the, or is the co-founder and CEO of Watt. You can visit that at WA-TT. Uh, dot com. So thank you again, Kalyan. Thank you. Thanks, Brian, for having me. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.